Okay, let's call this meeting to order. Um, let's do a roll call. Starting with Noah. Stork, present. DeGraw. Larson. Seligren. Thoman. Wagner. Beck. Um, okay, item C, public discussion of anything not on the agenda. Nope. Okay, great. Um, e, review of certified local government annual report. Oh, no, go D. D first. Oh, I'm sorry, D, the alphabet. Uh, certificate of Appropriateness for 623 Oakland Avenue. Okay. Okay, <clears throat> 623 Oakland Avenue is um, located here. You can see that? Yep. Nice big cursor there. Um, <laughs> it is a four square. It has a narrow lap siding that's mitered at the corners. There's a wide freeze band uh, along the porch, along the side, up under the roof edge. It has beadboard soffits mitered at the corner. It uh, has one over one double hung windows in pairs. Originally, the front porch was open and uh, this portion was enclosed, um, looks like by the 1970s. Um, just a little detail of that, that freeze board, there's a little crown, you can see the soffits, you can see there's no corner board, there's a flat um, casing or flat trim, a little bit of a projecting sill, little crown uh, along the head of the windows. Up here you'll see that the head of the windows uh, blends in with that freeze board so there's not a separate piece of trim that goes across the head of the windows. And then there's the, the horizontal win window in the dormer. This is a hip roof. Um, what you're looking at right here is actually the storm for that window. On the back, um, this house had a uh, kind of a two-story bump out uh, early on, even on the Sanborn fire insurance maps it shows up. Um, this portion was an open porch at one time, and we can tell because we have a pier, we have skirting around the corner, we also have that. You can see faint outlines where there's some butt joints in the siding here and here. Uh, that's because there was a window here at one time. On the south side, um, you can clearly see the, where the siding ends right up, kind of aligned with that pier. So this would have been the kind of rear corner of the house at one point in time, and this would have been open porch. Frankly, I don't know if this portion was closed in at that time or not. I'm not sure how the Sanborn maps really deal with the open below that, but um, I think that it's possible that um, this portion was kind of added at some point in time. Here's the south side again. Um, you can see basically, so if the house really would have ended somewhere, well, I guess around in here, um, it's really a four square. There's a window in each corner. This one is paired because it's currently, I think, in a kitchen or something. Uh, window over the stairs, the side door. Um, it's interesting that the, the freeze board along here, it just kind of terminates at the corner. Um, this is for the open part of the porch. Um, so a couple things that are going to happen with this project are, are illustrated here and we'll talk about them also. This window it has been um, 
deteriorated and degraded from being in a bathroom. And so right now the proposal is to change this to a, a shorter fixed sash window. So the head will align with all of the other window heads, but the sill will be higher and it'll be a different type of window. Um, I believe that the existing pair of windows will be split up and so they'll be each in a space here and we'll kind of look at that in the plan as well. Uh, this is the dormer window that the original proposal was to match. Uh, the staff recommendation is, is basically that a, a horizontal window could potentially be used there, but the proportion should probably be more like some of the windows you see if a house has um, like a couple stairs up to a landing right in the front corner, they might have a little low window and then the stairs continue up to the main landing of the stairs. And I'll show you some examples of that. This just shows the north side of the house. Um, you know, this house has paired and single windows throughout. This part, of course, is enclosed. They did it to blend with the rest of the house, but we don't really know exactly when that was done. Sometime between probably 1948 and 1970. So this is the site plan. So north is here. You can see the open part of the porch and the closed part of the porch. So this is the front of the house. Uh, we have the uh, site uh, boundaries in here. And this is where they propose to add a screen porch on the back of the house. So it is projecting from that existing bump out. The existing bump out is set in from the north side, but it extends the south side because this is that corner that used to be an open porch. This is the existing plan. Uh, there is a door here, that side door that you're looking at. Here's that pair of windows that'll be separated. Um, under here is where that open porch used to be. And there was that window that we could see. In this location is where the window or a window used to be. Ah, keep doing that, I'm sorry. Um, so the new plan, as you can see, here's that door. Here are the windows separated now, one in a bathroom, one in, um, I'm not sure what this room is, but another room. And there will be two new windows and a pair of windows. The window that's here, it says it'll be moved around. I'm not sure if possibly this window is maybe a different size. I don't have an existing photo of this window, so. Um, I'm not sure exactly what's going on with that part. But you can see they have a, a almost 11 foot by 14 foot screen porch. It will have a hip roof indicated by the dashed lines you see. The roof overhang, um, typically we do match roof overhangs, roof slopes, stuff like that. This house has a really, really wide overhang. Even though its front porch also has that wide overhang, uh, I recommended that maybe this time we do a less wide overhang, partly to differentiate between the uh, existing house and the new porch, having maybe an 18-inch overhang, something closer to that. Okay, so here you see this is that south side. Uh, they've labeled so all of the gray windows are existing and not part of the project. The green windows are existing and reused in a different location and the white windows are new. Um, this shows those two windows split and in those two different rooms, a new pair of windows and a new bathroom window. 
and this shows the uh, porch and what I think is the final iteration. We, we looked at this, um, at first it, it was uh, submitted with a column in each corner. Um, staff recommendation was that uh, that was maybe not technically too long of a span at the 14 feet, but it looked pretty long when you start looking at, you know, like the stretch of the skirting across that whole uh, dimension. So we recommended adding a, a center column. That also helps solve some of the idea of, you know, how you put a door in here, because you're, you're going to have some framing that's in there anyway. But otherwise, if you have a screen porch, the longer the expanse that you can screen, the less framing you have, and the little the simpler it, it kind of looks. Staff does recommend something more like a, a traditional screen door instead of something that looks like a, a solid door in this location. But each uh, column would have a pier under it, some straight skirting to match the porch skirting that exists on the house. Um, just dimensionally, uh, if things were drawn to scale, the original uh, piers were submitted at 24 inches by 24 inches, and staff recommended uh, 16 by 16. That's a brick is typically about eight inches long, and so that allows you to have, when you alternate the bricks, have some places where you have two bricks wide, and that way they can um, alternate the brick pattern as well. Oh, so this kind of compares. Here you can see, you know, and we just kind of reduced it in Photoshop. So, you know, it's not a technical drawing at this point, but it makes it a little smaller. We've added, you know, a, just a simple column, a capital and a base. So it's not just a column. Um, there would be a, a little bit wider capital and a little bit wider base. Um, the railing. The railing should actually span between the columns, not on the outside. So this top rail and bottom rail will just butt right into the columns. They'll be square. And, um, and uh, the screen normally in, in our guidelines, they're screened on the inside. Since this is a new porch, the technicalities of that aren't quite as important. But if you were going to screen in an existing porch, you'd put all the screen on the inside so that you're not really um, hurting the columns or anything. So this shows from the north side. Again, you have an intermediate column. Um, this shows, again, I think it's the window from the rear moved around to the side, and, and I don't know, you know what is in that location currently, if there's an existing window or not. And here's the rear view. This was the uh, original drawing, and this kind of shows that it's a really long expanse to have um, without a column and to just have the railing and skirting, and that's part of the reason why we've divided it up. Um, this shows, so you'll have the skirting. It's a, a much more customary kind of length there. And again, it goes through and, and talks about it'll have the square spindles. Um, the skirting, so this floor would be a, a tongue and groove porch floor because it is covered and has a porch roof. Okay, so we talk about this window here. As you can see, it's a double hung. It's a little shorter sill than the existing ones. Um, 
these are just kind of playing around with the proportions of this. The original uh, drawings had uh, five divided lights and, and it matched the attic window, but we can't really see the attic window, partly because it's not really installed, it's laying, I think I have a picture. Um, but also that would be, that's the only window on the house with a divided light condition. All of the rest are just one over one without divided lights. So our first revision was just to reduce it to four. It's kind of a more traditional side. And the final drawings came in with something with a much higher sill. And I guess staff would recommend something that's more proportionally similar to um, some of the other windows that we'll see, and I'll show you some. Here's what the attic window is. So this is where you know the matching of the five divided lights came in. But the storm window is what you see currently on the outside. Here are just some examples. Uh, this one's at 607 Oakland. These are all from Google, so none of them are gonna be really great as far as the proportion goes, but just kind of to get an idea that this, there is a type, they do vary a little bit in how they, the size they are. So this one, you can see it has synthetic siding and everything around it. And it also has kind of a divided light condition. Here's one at 431 Oakland. This is obviously uh, much more square. And some of them do tend to be that way. It's more similar to just the top sash of a double hung window. Um, here's another one that's not quite as square, um, but it's still, it's not quite a ribbon window. It has a, a little bit more thickness to it. Um, so anyway, um, if we were looking at just kind of what's going on with the window types, here you can see this is what it would be if it was that square. And if this was drawn to scale and in correct proportion. Um, and you know, we're recommending, I think the best way to go is something that's the same width as the existing window. Um, that would uh, kind of follow along what you would see in the actual historic house, but has a shorter sill than the, the whole upper sash. And that's what staff would recommend for this particular window. Um, another revision that we did, originally it was submitted with a multi-pane door. And again, because we don't really have that multi-pane kind of thing going on in this house, I don't know what the front door looks like, but I would assume it's, a half light or a three-quarter light or something like that. I'm not, I'm not really sure. Um, but this door here is the side door, and I guess that staff would recommend that the rear door either matches the side door, which is the, side, the, the, the rear door style kind of for this house, or is just a simple full light with no divided light conditions. So we have a recommended motion right now at this point for uh, 623 Oakland that uh, the new bathroom window is the same width as the existing window and slightly shorter than one sash height uh, with three or four divided lights. Uh, figuring out basically three or four depends on the proportion. If they're too long and thin, you go with three instead of four. Uh, the west door matches either the existing door or is a full or half light door with no divided lights. And that the column piers are reduced to 
uh, 16 inches if the column is to remain an eight inch column. Of course, if it was larger for some reason, then we would go with a, a, a bigger pier. Okay, do we have any clarifying questions from the commission? Um, all right, uh, public comment. If you could come sign in and speak. Can say anything, Andy? Um. You'll need to sign in if you want to say anything at all. No, you're good? All right. Um, uh, call for a motion. Beck moves to approve a certificate of appropriateness for the project at 623 Oakland Avenue as presented in the staff report with the following conditions. The new bathroom window is the same width as the existing windows and slightly shorter than one sash height with three or four simulated divided lights. The west door matches the existing south door or is a full or half light door with no divided lights and that the column piers are reduced to 16 inches for an eight inch column and that there is a central column in each run. Wagner second. Great. Um, <clears throat> on to the next item. Any discussion? Any discussion from the commission? I do approve. I'm curious though, do we know where the, the window that was on the side of the house, we have no pictures of that, so, but yeah. we're thinking it's gonna move to the- Yeah, I'm just curious. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, I was thinking it'd be nice if we could see the window as it is now versus the new window and positioning. You kind of had that layout, Jessica. And oh. are you talking about um, <clears throat> this window on the north side? Yes. And is that one of the windows? Yeah. We're so moving? that window is, uh, I believe, is an awning window currently. Oh. And it, it was put in sometime in the last, I'd guess, 25, 30 years. Okay. So it's it, it's in the bathroom and it's kind of above the toilet. I was going to see if I could pull it up here real quick for you. So it's a shorter window than these double hungs and everything. Yeah, it's not it's not historical. So it opens as an awning. Oh, okay. Yes. So the south side with the windows that are going to have space between them, then those two windows. Are you using the existing two windows? Yeah. And you're just creating space. Okay. Yeah, I was going to see if I could get that to pull up, but I don't know if it will. Yeah, I do. But, uh, yeah, I was kind of annoyed with myself for not getting that picture either. But it's tucked in behind that tree anyway. Yeah, back in here, it's, it's on right around this corner. There okay. <laughs> is the window we're talking about. Yep. And so it's this window that will be relocated to, to that position oh, okay and on this wall we'll have a door roughly in this location and a pair of windows uh, in the new kitchen area I got it great looks good all right now on to you item need to vote oh I'm sorry oh. um okay so I Call for a vote. All in favor of the motion? Aye. 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 Uh, any opposed? Great. 
Okay, now item E. I've been really excited about item E, I guess. <laughs> yes. uh, the review of the certified local government annual report. Thank well, you. Bye, Andy. Thank you. Um, I did actually come up with slides to kind of go through this a little bit. In the last few years, I haven't actually had that. But we have so many new commissioners that I thought it would be good to uh, kind of go through it a little bit. One of the things we do need to do at the end is we do need to make a motion and approve it. Okay. And we will want to approve it subject to any changes that staff and chair might make or staff and vice chair just because of the fact that um, as we compile things things might come up <laughs> okay. like I've already I, today I made a change as well so let me just get to it here okay so you have a copy in your in your packet and it basically just goes through and it starts with you know we're the Commission and um, stuff that we've done now the second question in there was about this and um, I mentioned earlier or later on in the information that we had a an intern uh, from the urban planning department who helped us um, this summer and he he kind of he was he does not meet the professional qualifications to do an official reconnaissance survey and he actually was not as familiar with you know our style of residential architecture because he's simply from a different country so it was a good learning experience all around mm -hmm. uh, but we wanted to kind of start looking at an area that we have no official surveys of that we know has a a large amount of historic properties and is at least adjacent to an area uh, where the neighborhood is really into its historic um, neighborhood and so we had him looking at um, the area of here's Kirkwood Avenue so here's Keokuk Street so we have a landmark property in this location we went over here to uh, Clark Street and of course we have the Samuel Kirkwood house landmark that we had a project recently we included Walnut Street and over to Webster Street on did not include Oak Grove Park but that's the park that we also were talking about a little bit in the work plan and so we had him kind of do a survey of what are the addresses try to describe the houses take a photo of each one I was going to include this in the annual report as something that we did as a survey but as I was looking at it today because we didn't really fill out the state's paperwork he's not technically a qualified professional I'm going to pull that from the annual report, but it does provide a good basis for moving forward with an official study of the area if we ever decided to or if the neighbors ever wanted us to. Mm -hmm. And so the answer to question two, did we undertake any projects for historic identification, survey, evaluation, it'll be a no now instead of a yes. Okay. Um, Anyway, here's kind of some of the stuff he did. Like he, you know, got this and he tried to describe it. We, uh, some, this one, he's pretty correct on and stuff. Uh, but we do. We need to go through and uh, look at them in more detail before we would actually, you know, put this out there or, or provide the information to the state. You know, we want to make sure it's it's accurate and everything. And we haven't. Uh, gone through it yet but it's a really great start um, 
number three was uh, this is where the state wants us to make account for any properties listed in the National Register that were, um, how do they say it, um, altered, altered moved. moved, or demolished. And so we only keep track of the ones that fall under our local jur jurisdiction, but there are National Register properties in the city that don't fall under our jurisdiction, and we don't keep track of those very well. But for instance, we know that um, at the 21 South Lynn, that corner of Washington and Lynn, that little bank building was considered contributing to our new downtown district, and it has come down. Mm. It's not something that, um, it, it's not the kind of building that locally we would consider probably contributing anyway. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it doesn't matter. But we've tried to add in a few of those things, but we don't have a way of keeping track of them really otherwise. So uh, we just happen to know mm -hmm. about them. But for instance, here's the National Register listed property, and we approved at the end of the year adding this ramp to the back. The work's not done, but we've reviewed it, and so we include it with that year. If the project never continues, then you know we don't know that either, really. Um, question number five, we had several local designations. Uh, question number four was whether or not we have local designations, and that's a yes. Um, we finished our work for the commission, I think, on these projects all happened in the last calendar year, but you know, it finished in council, and that's when we're supposed to count it. We have 410-412 Clinton that we had tried to landmark long ago and had failed. We have the strip of buildings on uh, College Street downtown from 109 to 123. And we have the Highlander Supper Club and Convention Center. Um, so number six is what are the locally designated properties that were altered? And here we only include the ones that fit within either our conservation districts because that's not, there's no national register component or are just local landmarks without a national register component. For instance, 120 North Dodge, I believe it's in the Goose Town Horseman Conservation District and last year we included uh, the approval of a screen porch on the back of it. Uh, we talk about our historic preservation fund and what we're doing, and this is a before and after project, and I know that they are considering uh, reinstalling or reconstructing the wraparound porch that went here, um, and uh, if we can help them with that, we will. But uh, we started with a window repair that became a window replacement, unfortunately, but then we went on to removing all of this synthetic siding, repairing all of the original siding and painting it. And, you know, we have something that went from a bad rental property to an owner-occupied pretty gorgeous little property. And so I'll probably include, you know, we can have a portfolio of objects, kind of maybe 10, slides and I'll probably include a slide that's a before and after of this property just because it, it's a good example of things that we can help with for our historic preservation fund. Um, of course in our whole public outreach we had the historic preservation awards um, which we do every year. Uh, let's see so this is under 8.3 we had several other things in that section um, that I don't think I have slides for. 
um, you know, staff presented to the Association of Realtors and the Home Builders Association. Um, we worked with uh, friends on the uh, videos uh, that we won an award for. Um, I presented at the uh, Preservation Summit and um, I try to volunteer for workplace learning connection whenever I can as, as well. And we include all of those things. Now, if any of you volunteered with uh, preservation in the community or did any education courses or talked, you know, did anything that you would consider related to being a member of the commission, we can add those things here. Uh, I would just need to know so that we can do that. Does that involve repairing our own windows? <laughs> <laughs> no, probably not. You know, if you allowed people to be there and, and watch and learn, okay. then yeah. Let's go around. <laughs> Jordan had a workshop on. <laughs> um, and, and then we talk about um, issues, challenges, and also successes. So we put that all together. Of course, uh, this year we saw um, the listing of our downtown in the National Register of Historic Places, which is great. Uh, so that happened. Um, we had the, you know, success last year of saving the Sangsay Gilmer House, and now we have the challenge of <laughs> not knowing what's going on with it again. So um, for those of you who weren't here, we believe this is the oldest uh, existing or extant house within the original city limits and uh, built uh, probably in 1843 and uh, it is currently owned the property is owned by the university and they don't have an existing use for it they took down the houses around it um, it was going to be moved across the street to a city-owned parking lot but the uh, bids for that construction project pro project came in um, I, I think more than double what the estimate was. Um, and so, um, let's see if there was anything else. We go through the rest. Uh, we, what partnerships do we work on? Um, the commission works with um, Friends of Historic Preservation now. In the past, there was a little bit stronger connection. Um, they would their uh, board president would come to our meetings and frequently speak at it we would often either through staff or commissioners uh, work with them and communicate with them on projects but um, they're working on on building back their ability to do that kind of stuff so we're still working on that a little bit uh, but as I believe the chair mentioned when uh, he was talking about like the incentives he's been working with the Iowa City downtown district and their board on things like coming up with this incentives for people who um, might be able to uh, locally landmark their their space <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Um, and then we go through and uh, we list, you know, where, what websites we have. Do we have a Facebook page? We do, but uh, we haven't really kept up with it in the last few years. Uh, list the dates of all of the public meetings. Um, we you had, you know, more than 12 meetings this year. Um, we have a little bit of a budget and um, 
then we go through and uh, list everybody else. Now, one of the things I had on there, there are two things, uh, well, multiple places in the, in the annual report where you, it said placeholder, and that's where I have to upload a file. Uh, one of the files will be the fact that we changed our guidelines for that citing exemption or exception, I'm sorry. I was getting an exemption from the chair when he said that. Um, and uh, so that will be uploaded. There were also two city ordinances that were adopted that indirectly impact historic preservation. Uh, I'm not really writing anything about them, but I'm uploading them. Uh, they weren't, weren't reviewed by the State Historic Preservation Office or anything, but we'll include them. If you're interested, um, I have them here. One is an, um, uh, let's see. This is a commercial reuse exception, and I think it allows them to make some alterations as long as it's not a commercial building that would be listed in the National Register or locally landmarked, that kind of a thing. So that's why it indirectly impacts historic preservation. And the other one is um, an ordinance to allow parking reductions uh, through the minor modification process in certain commercial zones. And again, I think that both of these include the, you know, a historic building will not be demolished if it's important kind of clause, but they don't really relate to what we do otherwise. And then we go through and talk about the individual commissioners and um, any training. I believe that only Kevin and I attended the preservation summit, but I frankly don't know. I Did was at I was at a, a one or two events. Oh, okay. I will add you. If anyone else remembers anything like that that you did, please let me know. Um, but I think that's all, unless anybody has any questions. And basically, we have a recommended motion that I'd like you to make and vote on and approve. And if you want to amend that as you wish, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Margaret. I just have a really quick question. That has to do with um, the responsibility for buildings on the National Register. Like, why? Why would there be properties within the city limits that we wouldn't have jurisdiction over? I'm just curious. Because um, we really only have regulatory approval on things that are locally designated. And we as a community created a local designation, which many communities have not. And that's why at least question four, I think, is the one where it asks if you do local designations. It says something like, caution, most of you do not, <laughs> you know, because they don't want to think that they do. And, and so basically, we only can regulate those that are locally landmark now we have or or designated we have a our downtown historic district it's not a local designation it's only listed on the national register so we don't have regulatory or design review or any approval on those the four that they landmarked along college street they did it kind of in conjunction where we wanted to save them, they wanted to do some things where saving them could get them some benefits to do more of what they wanted to do. And so some of the incentives that the chair was coming up with were trying to get maybe more people who had um, 
eligible buildings to opt in to local designation. There's also a historic district up on Melrose um, and so many of those buildings are owned by the university. We can't regulate university properties because they are a government a step, well, two steps above ours. We also can't regulate uh, county buildings like the county courthouse or something like that. And so there are those two districts for sure. Um, there are also some individual National Register land, landmarks where they aren't listed because the owners would object. And so it's possible for us to locally designate those, but we have to have a supermajority of the council to vote against the property owner wanting to. Mm. So that's why there are some local or national register landmarks and national register districts that are not locally landmarked. Similarly, though, we have some local ones that aren't national register listed, maybe because, well, individually, they might not have the integrity, say, on the interior of the building, where we don't really look at that for our process very as much. So um, it goes kind of both ways as far as that is. Thanks. That makes sense. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, uh, will somebody please make a motion? I will. Um, Larson moved to approve the certified local government annual report as finalized by staff and chair. DeGras, second. And a vote. Um, all in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Okay. Approved. And I made that note to um, add you in. Oh, great. Thank you. I can get details on which I attended. No, I just need to needed to rem remember that you were signed up. Okay. Um, all right. Item G, report on certificates issued by chair and staff, minor review and staff review. No, we have the work plan first. Oh, sorry. <laughs> and, uh, item F, discussion of historic preservation plan priorities. That's okay. And annual work plan. Okay, um, we have an intern and she started this. So she uh, wrote this all out, which is a kind of good starter. As you know, um, Kevin aligned what we were doing with our um, uh, strategic plan for the city. Of course, we have a new council, so they'll eventually come up with their own strategic <coughs> plan. But this is going on with the strategic plan we have. And um, they've separated it into these categories. I'm not going to read through them right now. Um, but for instance, in our work plan, um, we have a few items. I tried to go through and put in a slide when I had them for some of these areas. But um, under this strategic plan item, uh, one of the things that we've been talking about, there was, a, I believe, a grad student, and I'm sorry if I'm not correct in that, but I believe it was a grad student at the university did a study of this uh, barrio that existed in the Oak Park area. And basically what that was were the Mexican immigrant workers had housing provided by the railroad in that park, and it was boxcars. And I think one of the things that's interesting, this is an image from 
um, one of the Sanborn fire insurance maps. I'm sure this is probably the 1933 one. Maybe it's the 1926. This is the same area. Uh, and here you have all of these tiny little structures. Now, I don't know if these are the boxcars, but it might have been, you know, after they were boxcars, then maybe small homes were built in those places. I don't know exactly what the history is myself, but one of the things that we have under this element of the work plan is when this park in particular goes through its, you know, master planning or upgrading process to try to include something that tells the story of the park and the area and the people who use, used to live there. And so that is why that element is, is on the work plan. And we know that um, there is a plan to move forward with that park in a, a few years. I think looks like it's in uh, 2026 or 2027. So there's a lot of time to work towards that. But, you know, we, there would need to be some research. Um, maybe there's the opportunity for a grant or something to hire a consultant to do that. Who, who knows? But that's on the work plan. Um, demonstrate leadership and climate action. You know, we talk a lot about the need to uh, limit demolition waste because all of the good materials being put in the landfill, you know, it takes energy to make them, it takes energy to make the materials that are going to replace them, and there's quite a lot of um, demolition waste that could be diverted. Um, in some communities, they're doing that through deconstruction. Obviously, we don't have a whole deconstruction industry going here, but, you know, that's a kind of thing where instead of demolition into the landfill and then build a new thing, there's this deconstruction process where there's a number of contractors where that's their specialty and they deconstruct the building. Then we have to have a place where that material is stored either by the contractors or whoever ends up owning that material and then some way to be able to get that material back out into the construction stream. Uh, by selling it or donating it or whatever. So there's a lot of cogs in that particular process, but it's something that some communities have been working towards, you know, deconstructing instead of demolition or just making it so that, you know, it's not just, as the chair says, a, a $50 fee for a demolition permit to take <laughs> down a 150-year-old building. Jesus. And so um, that's one way where our work helps reduce demolitions. And also we can help make people aware of the um, energy efficiencies that exist in the historic buildings um, and the comfort and climate control things that are part of the building systems that exist if they're in good repair. And this is just the demolition of this uh, building that you know it would have been contributing to our district but it was taken down right before the district nomination went through um, we have the invest in public infrastructure facilities and fiscal reserves so the work to try to come up with a plan for the Montgomery ha Butler house would fit in there it's owned by the city and um, therefore a part of the public infrastructure um, ongoing mission uh, administration of our work when we move this house to this neighborhood 
we still need to um, amend the National Register Dis Historic District. That house needs to be considered contributing in that district. Um, when Before we moved the house, we reached out to the State Historic Preservation Office for their opinion about whether or not the house could be contributed contributing to the district once it was moved and uh, they agreed and uh, provided kind of their blessing but we do have a formal process we need to go through to amend the district it's kind of like a smaller version of what we did for the downtown where somebody needs to write that we have it approved by SHPO and it goes to the National Park Service I actually did some of that but um, we had the initial SHPO review and then they decided they wanted to do it in a different way from the way that they had said to do it the first time. And so it was kind of like we only had time for one shot and then we had to do it again. So it hasn't happened. Um, preserving our heritage, you know, we have um, the house at 2040 Waterfront Drive. Um, this house, um, we had a grant to study it. Uh, we thought it was the Cyrus Sanders house who was one of the first surveyor, I think, in the area. It's actually his brother's house. Uh, Richard and Cyrus owned the house that's in uh, to the north of it in a, a little mobile home park. It's covered in, I think, vinyl siding right now, but it still exists as well. And we did learn, though, through the study that this uh, house, it, could be eligible for the National Register and it's it's one that it would uh, be really great to get it locally landmarked if we, uh, if we could. It's awfully cute. It is. <laughs> um, we also have a, a, some mid-century modern housing stock. Now this happens to be up on Knollwood Lane. That little neighborhood was studied as part of the flood mitigation and there was found a uh, potential National Register uh, historic district with that just that little neighborhood right there, Knollwood Lane. Where where in town is this? So up Dubuque Street North, past Mayflower, Foster Road. It's just that. That first light. Yeah, that north the uh, northwest corner of Dubuque and Foster Road. Oh, so if you were to like go into Foster and then take your first first turn right, north, yeah, you would turn go. north. Uh -huh. Okay you'd be in there. Yeah, I don't know exactly the, the mobile home air park that was up there. I don't know which drive is theirs. One of, I think there's a drive for oh, that. Oh, I get it. So I'm, I'm on the wrong side of the street. No, I know what you mean now. But okay. no, it goes up north yeah. though there. We gave that one an award for a painting. Yes, we did. There. And that's why we have photos of it. Um, but anyway, we have this neighborhood. There's a, a good mid-century modern neighborhood around City High as well. Um, there's just some, areas that as we go forward in time there's always the potential that there could be some niche neighborhood that might be interested in in uh preserving are, their stock as are well are things like fairview knoll highview knoll um are yeah i, I just um, i notice like realtors are getting a hold of like one or two and just mm -hmm. doing things where i could cry <laughs> those they are I believe eligible. There's no formal study. We did um, uh, a um, a walking tour uh, or a home tour uh, that included some houses there and some houses in Manville Heights of the same era. 
and um, there was also a year that the commission did um, a presentation on Fisk, the architect who did uh, like the airport and mm -hmm. the rec center and stuff like that. And so we do believe it's eligible. It's outside of the city limits, so it's not for us to do. Mm -hmm. yeah. It would be something for the county to do. And, and I have suggested that to them, that that would be a great project for them to um, do a National Register nomination for that. Um, Brookside Drive as well. I feel like there are quite a few mid-century modern homes Yeah, on that definitely. Street. So, you know, it's one of those things we, you know, there's the Lucas Farms in Kirkwood neighborhood. There's mm -hmm. some of our mid-century neighborhoods. Um, there's some in the past that we have studied where the neighbors didn't want to do it, like Man Manville Heights. And, and, but we have the information about the houses and if, if somebody's interested. Um, so recent accomplishments include, uh, well, in the past we had the civil rights grant that we've continued to work with the information we found. We've gotten the old po post office, the old settlers cabins, and the Ned Ashton House local landmarks. We saved the, ho the buildings on College Street and worked with them to, for that development project. Eh, the Sanse Gilmer House maybe now shouldn't be on this list. But also then 410, 412 Clinton Street, the Cochrane Dennis House becoming a local landmark. And so um, I didn't, I forgot to put in a recommendation there, but we do need to um, approve our work plan. So I would suggest that we move to approve the Historic Preservation's 20, Historic Preservation Commission's 2022 work plan. Okay. As simple as that. And we will upload that as part of the annual report as well. Um, call, uh, would somebody please make a motion? Uh, I make a motion to approve the work plan of historic preservation for the year 2022. Back seconds. Uh, all in favor? Aye. 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 Any opposed? Great. And if, you know, going forward, if anybody has any questions about any of that or anything, you know, you can email me. That was very informative and helpful. Yes. I'm glad you went over that so thoroughly. Good. Thanks. Um, okay, minor review. Um, so, yeah, we, we are currently in our moment of slow period. So part of it is good because it corresponds to when we need to do the annual report, but we've only had a few minor review projects. 803 Roosevelt, a house that's kind of been empty for a while. Um, they are just having a new front stoop and step. They actually did it before. They had a permit and, um, and uh, I believe they have to um, alter the railing itself. I, I think that's all that really needed to be changed but it will be wood. This is the old version. Um, oh, we had a minor review for commercial sign installation. So on this side of the crescent block, uh, they will have some signs in the sign band. So this is all new material because this is where we have a new storefront. And then they'll actually have a little projecting sign over each of those areas. Um, 706 Clark Street, 
Uh, this little house, it was kind of cute to see. This is the photo from the survey. It has a stone front, which it still has, but it had kind of a wavy edge or scallop edge wood shingle on, on um, this portion of the house, and then a straight wood shingle on the rest of the house, but it's since been covered in vinyl siding. Um, the upper windows in the gables, which had been replaced with vinyl windows, are being replaced again now with metal clad wood. Um, the first floor has all of its original windows. That's it. Okay, great. Consideration of minutes. For January, I only noticed that uh, it looks like I wasn't there at the meeting, but it was. Oh, okay. So add in. <laughs> There's no mark in the box. It just needs an X to show that I was there. Oh, so you mean on the, the, the attendance? The roll call. Okay, I'll make sure that you're listed in the front as well. So we would need a motion to approve the minutes as amended. Okay. Um, would somebody please make a motion for that? Wagner moves to approve the minutes from as amended. As, as amended for January 13th, 2022. DeGras, second. Is there a conflict of interest there? <laughs> no. Are you seconding? Um, all right, all in favor? Aye. 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 Uh, opposed? Great. Okay, where are we? Commission information? Okay. We just included this, um, uh, the, the email that everyone got from Ann Russett, the senior planner. Uh, it included the notice about the demolition of this property. Um, Kevin wanted it included in the agenda just so that if there was anyone in the public who wanted to come and say something about it, they would know. Um, Basically, the house is 724 Ronald Street, and it's located here. It's on an original size lot, uh, which is kind of nice. And it is this very small house. Um, as you can see, it's a contributing property. Um, I can't remember which year, but yeah, the commission reviewed it to determine that it could be considered non-contributing because of alterations that had been made to it over time. The reason for that is um, because if it is a contributing property in a historic district, it cannot be demolished unless it is beyond repair. And at the time it was not, it was in repairable condition. And so the commission went through, determined they changed its category, or its, its category from contributing to non-contributing but it has since deteriorated and, and now it will be taken down. And that's the gist of the email, basically. I still think it's, from the outside, I think it's so cute. And it's, but it's, but it's really it's, bad. That's, that's what I understand. It was, <laughs> it was bad. And so th that's basically it. It's, it's on the agenda in case anybody wanted to say anything about it, but we don't expect a, a discussion. Are the owners tearing it down or is it like the It's city owned by the city. It's owned by the city, that's right, okay. The city took over ownership. The previous owner, I believe, passed away and... Um, Will they sell the property or become one of the university housing things? I believe that the goal is to um, 
have it redeveloped, potentially splitting the lot into two to create slightly more more density, which is something that is part of the goal of the city. And um, then at some point during that process, I believe to have those two properties, of course, the design would come to the commission for approval because mm -hmm. it's in the middle of a historic district, but they would be you know, sold. It, the city would not retain ownership. That's interesting to me. So, like, would there be, would we have requirements for the design? Yes. Okay. They couldn't, so they couldn't do, like, a contemporary design? Oh, no. It, it must follow the guidelines for okay. new construction, which is rare. Mm -hmm. Because it's in a national register and local historic district, mm -hmm. there's, you know, requirements for materials, design type. We know things like, you know, the district, it, it tends to have a certain type of house in a certain areas and it changes mm -hmm. as you move through the district and so it would need to be a house that could fit in or, so it couldn't or be like houses. in the mid-century you know get the mid-century pass or anything like that no it, it it would have to fit in fit in with the neighborhood okay there are some issues with the grade here because mm -hmm. the sidewalk is up higher and it slopes down so th i think there's just been some challenges and the city's tried to um to to get somebody to work with it. The normal process would have been, we review the demolition and approve the new construction at the same meeting. Mm -hmm. You can't typically approve the demolition on a property in a district until you can approve the new design. It's a little bit complicated, but when we work through that, you know, there, we have a method to be able to, to work through that. Um, but now it'll just be the new design. Mm -hmm. That'll be interesting. Yeah. And I know I'm just thinking about the other houses that surround this one. This home, are you thinking it's from like the early 1900s or was it built? Yeah, yeah it was, I frankly can't remember the history because I think, we, I think the we had to look it into it a lot before we changed its its uh -huh. category. But there's something about the foundation being from the 1800s, and I think, I it, think was it was limestone. Home, but they added so many wings to it. Yeah. And I, don't, I don't even think that front piece was. Oh, there. Wow. Uh -huh. Yeah, they, it was heavily altered, but I think it was potentially really old, but mm -hmm. also very small. Mm. Still a bummer <laughs> to me, uh, but I don't know the details. All right, um, a motion to adjourn, right? Is yep. that where we're at? That's where we're at. Oh, uh, two seconds. Wait, who made the motion? Wagner moves oh, to adjourn. <laughs> in Thoman seconds. All right. There you go. I was jumping the gun. <laughs> All in favor? Aye. 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 Opposed? Great.